AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And today we are joined by Max Nesterak. He is the deputy editor of the Minnesota Reformer. Make sure you go to minnesotareformer.com for the latest in Minnesota news and politics and labor news. As today we are going to be talking about a few of the articles they've been working on over at the Reformer, including the Minnesota Attorney General's office reaching a settlement with a contractor who uh, was under investigation for obstructing labor issues. This was a contractor who, by the way, had many projects throughout the Twin Cities. Plus, we'll also briefly touch on how the pandemic has changed how Minnesotans die, as there are some shocking stats we're going to take a look at. Max, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks. Always happy to come on. So Keith Ellison's attorney general's office recently entered into an agreement last week with a construction contractor accused of obstructing an investigation into labor abuses. Now, the name of the company is Property Maintenance and Construction, and it's owned by a guy named Leopoldo Pimentel. Now, you might remember this name and a little bit about this story because we talked about this a few months ago, and I think even last year. Uh, Basically, Pimentel is this subcontractor who works on a number of projects around the Twin Cities, including Viking Lakes, which is a sprawling mixed-use development in Egan built by the Wilf family, who of course are the owners of the Minnesota Vikings, and that's how we originally started talking about this story last year. Well, now we do have an update. As I mentioned, uh, Pimentel has reached a settlement with the Minnesota Attorney General's office. So before we dive into this, Max, uh, refresh our memories on this. Tell us what kind of properties they worked with and what sorts of violations they are being alleged of uh, having violated. Yeah, Brett. So you said we talked about this a couple months ago, and I'm just thinking back. I think it was almost about 18 months ago that we were talking about this. Um, And I was in the union hall when um, talking to workers when I spoke of you. So it's really been a long Hall for this investigation, uh, which is why the attorney general ultimately brought this lawsuit for obstruction of an investigation. So the settlement that he uh, they entered into last week is just for the obstruction part. The and this is really going to clear the way for state labor regulators to finish their investigation into property maintenance and construction and and its owner Leo Pimentel. So. I expect in the coming weeks um, or months that we'll uh, hear more about the results of that investigation. There may be more, uh, you know, more uh, another lawsuit to come and maybe even criminal charges um, against this contractor. Now you asked what, what kind of projects he, they worked on. So they have worked on projects across the Twin Cities metro area from uh, Viking Lakes, which uh, you mentioned, but also uh, the Liffey in um, St. Paul, the Lund- the new London Byerly's apartments um, down in Richfield, the Marshall on Marshall Street in Minneapolis, um, the Temperance Ridge Senior Living, um, the Haven uh, Wood of Maple Grove. So there's a, a number of properties that are named in this lawsuit from the AG that property maintenance and construction worked on. And so what property maintenance and construction and its owner, Leo Pimentel, are accused of doing is not paying workers all that they're owed. So these workers talked about regularly working 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week, but they say they were never paid time and a half for over 40 hours, which is what um, workers are entitled to under federal law if you're an employee. 
Now, that status of being an employee is also going to come up and likely be contested because many of the workers were called independent contractors. Um, and that classification uh, will likely become an issue. This is a rampant problem in the construction industry where workers are deemed independent contractors. And the reason is, is it saves employers money because they don't have to pay into workers' compensation, unemployment, uh, or social security when they're paying an independent contractor versus paying an employee. And so I expect to see that issue um, at play. And if, if it's deemed that these workers were actually employees and not independent contractors, um, that means that uh, there's a bigger case here of not paying uh, your fair share of taxes. So I'll be waiting to watching to see what um, comes out of this Department of Labor and Industry investigation into property maintenance and construction. Well, not only did he was he accused of uh, those violations that we were just talking about, but it also sounds like he's a rather well, I'll just say, kind of a confrontational guy. Being that, as you wrote, he ended up threatening a reporter when asked about the investigations, and it sounds like he was also telling his employees to basically, well, lie to investigators when asked about what was happening. So uh, he certainly had that working uh, as well against him, as he kind of uh, seemed like a rather confrontational guy that wasn't very uh, happy about these allegations. That's right. So as part of this settlement agreement, Leo Pimentel did not admit to any wrongdoing. But when you read the settlement, it says he agrees not to threaten employees, not to tell them to lie to investigators. And those are things that he was accused of in the AG's office original um, complaint and, and things that workers told me. Workers told me he threatened them. And uh, like you said, he also threatened me when I reached out for comment and said, you know, you publish the story at your own risk. So we'll see. Again, there could be more that comes out of that. It, it seems like the investigation for labor regulators is really focused on the money aspect to it. But it does reveal the chilling effect that uh, bosses can have on workers, especially a workforce is largely uh, undocumented and, you know, they're easier to exploit because they're afraid that um, if they speak out, they could lose work or that they could be reported to immigration authorities and be deported. Now, under the Biden administration, there is a rule that if you're a victim of labor abuses or labor crimes, um, you can be fast tracked to uh, deferred action on deportation. So there is some protections there under the Biden administration for victims of crimes for immigrants um, and don't have documentation. But um, again, a, a very scary thing. And so one interesting thing that came out of this settlement agreement with the AG's office is Pimentel will have to have a meeting with all of his workers with an AG investigator there in which he tells the workers, you may cooperate with state officials and um, you may not be retaliated against and I won't retaliate against you. And when I talked to a labor lawyer, he said that he's never seen that before. So that he's going to have to hold this meeting with workers with an official from the AG's office present. So that seems significant. 
And I want to back up and talk about something else that you just mentioned with this settlement, because in the settlement, as we talked about, Pimentel does not have to admit to any wrongdoing, but he's still not necessarily in the clear yet from any litigation. So he still potentially faces many other legal issues right now, even with this settlement, right? That's correct. That's correct. So um, and that's just something I'm trying to uh, be very clear about, because, uh, you know, part of the settlement, he also has to pay out uh, $7,500, and he's accused of uh, stealing upwards of over $100,000 in wages, could be much more than that. Um, and so I just don't want readers or listeners to get the impression, oh, he settled for $7,500, and that's the end of it. I think we're going to see more uh, legal action in this case. And as we also talked about, misclassifying workers is very common, not just in Minnesota, but around the country. And earlier this year, we did have the legislature pass a new law that was aimed on cracking down on wage theft by, well, basically making general contractors responsible for unpaid wages by their subcontractors. So I guess that leads me to this question as to, uh, as we mentioned, that this Pimentel and his contractors worked on many properties around the Twin Cities. Do any of these properties that they work with face any legal issues or any of the contractors that hired Pimentel and his crew face any legal issues so far? Or is it pretty much just uh, Pimentel that's going to be facing the bulk of any any additional legal problems? That's an interesting question and something that I am curious to see how it plays out. What I do know is that with these projects where the labor agreements were entered into before the legislature passed this new law, which many of them were, um, that doesn't apply. And that new law that you mentioned makes general contractors liable for wage theft that occurs on their sites the same way that they're liable for uh, safety violations and accidents by their subcontractors that happen on their development. And this is a law change that contractors fought fiercely against um, because they say, you know, we can't study the books of all our subcontractors. There's too much going on. But the way it plays out in the real world for the worker is that the general contractor can hire sub subcontractors knowing that they may only be able to ask that low, offer that low rate based on exploiting their workers, but they have plausible deniability that they uh, don't know what's going on, and then it's up to the worker to get that money back from the subcontractor who could be fly by night, never see him again. So this kind of flips the script and makes general contractors liable and having to pay workers back, make them whole for the wages they're owed, and then that general contractor can go to the sub and take legal action to get those wages back. So it's not like the general contractor just has to eat it, um, eat that theft. It means they, the legal onus is on them to right the wrong rather than the workers who in, often have the least power, uh, especially compared to large developers like Viking Enterprises. Yeah, that would make sense when uh, generally, as we were talking about Pimentel in this example, a lot of these workers are generally immigrants from Central and Latin America, and they're really not going to have the ability to go take on a subcontractor that, as you said, might be kind of a fly-by-night thing. So it does move the onus a little bit in that uh, in those situations. Uh, you can read more about that over at minnesotareformer.com. Again, title of the piece is Minnesota AG Reaches Settlement with Contractor Over Obstructing Investigation of Labor Abuses 
And it's a follow-up on that story we covered uh, about 18 months ago talking about the controversy with workers uh, over at that Vikings Lakes condominium. And, of course, that spread with this uh, subcontractor running into other labor issues as well. Again, read more about that over at minnesotareformer.com. I briefly wanted to touch on uh, one more piece of news that you guys are working on over at The Reformer, and this has to do with what Christopher Ingram wrote today, which talked about how the pandemic has changed how Minnesotans have died over the past few years because obviously we've seen a spike in deaths in Minnesota over the past few years due to COVID but there's also been other causes and other increases in deaths in well and deaths as well in Minnesota. In fact, relative to 2019, some of these numbers are quite shocking, where drug overdose deaths in 2022 were up 56% compared to 2019, while deaths caused by excessive drinking were up by 40% since 2019. So, Max, these are some pretty shocking numbers because I don't think a lot of people would be surprised that our overall mortality rate has unfortunately increased, but most people probably thought that was just due to COVID and not other causes, and lo and behold, we have some uh, pretty stunning numbers that are being reported on right now. That's right. So my my colleague Christopher Ingram has, has been on the death beat, <laughs> we've been saying, um, and covering these so-called deaths of despair, uh, the increase in deaths from overdoses, excessive drinking, as well as homicide and, and suicide, although suicides are roughly unchanged overall, although experts say that suicide deaths are now trending younger than they used to. So um, it is uh, concerning. The other thing that is uh, worth noting is that, you know, statewide, the leading cause of death in 2020 was, was cancer and heart disease, which combined to take nearly 20,000 lives in Minnesota. Um, accidents, like falls, vehicle crashes, and unintentional overdoses uh, took 3,500 lives. So um, so there's a lots of different ways um, uh, that people are dying, but it's very troubling to see those so-called deaths of despair on the rise. Well, you can read more about that. Christopher Ingram's great reporting on that over uh, at minnesotareformer.com titled The Pandemic Changed How Minnesotans Die. Again, uh, dive a little bit deeper into that when you get a chance to read a little bit more about that over at minnesotareformer.com. We have been speaking with Max Nesterek. He is the uh, deputy editor of the Minnesota Reformer. Again, that website one more time, minnesotareformer.com for the latest in Minnesota news and politics. Max, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brett. All right, let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.